How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Postcast tonight as the Utah Jazz in front of a sellout crowd beat the Indiana Pacers 109-100. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. David Locke along with Ron Boone. And Ron, this one was not close tonight. The Jazz were ahead by 10 or more for most of the night. And really, it got down to two for a brief moment. The Jazz promptly just whacked it right back up to about 12. Yeah, I thought the key to the ball game was two parts. One is that the Jazz had the, the Lakers, wow, the Pacers playing uphill from the from the first quarter I mean being down what 34 to 21 and and they just could not put together that run to the point where they made it close here at the half even though they got it within two then the third the Jazz answered you know with a 24 to 12 run from that point on and and uh, I don't think the Jazz was it was ever in jeopardy after that. This was George Hill's first game against the Indiana Pacers, uh, his hometown team, his favorite team as a kid, and his team for the last five years. He captained them, captained them through 55 playoff games. He was hoping to finish his career there. And he said last night, I just view it as any other game. Well, that might be true, but only three times in George Hill's entire NBA career has he ever gone for 35-5. and five. He has only scored more than 30 points once in his entire NBA career. It was only the fifth time in his entire NBA career he's ever scored 30. I'm saying this was not just any other game. Am I, as much as you like to hear players say that, you know, and, and maybe take that approach, it's definitely not. You know, it, you uh, it it even be bigger when they play in Indianapolis uh, back on, on March 20th. So, but what I did see was he was very much under control and did not give you the impression that he was forcing things uh, in order to have a big night against against his team. Ron, I got two players for you. Okay, player one averages 22 points a game. The other one averages 22 points a game. Player one averages six rebounds. The other one averages six rebounds. One of them averages four assists. The other averages three. One shoots 46%. The other shoots 45%. One shoots 39% from three. The other shoots 39% from three. One's effective field goal percentage is a little better, 52.6 and 51.7 for the other. And the PER, which is that John Hollinger stat, one of them's is much better than the others at 22.8 and the others at 18.9. Which of those two players would you like? Um, Both. Those two players that are absolutely identical statistically, the only difference between those two teams is that one of them's team is 29 and 16, and the other one is now 22 and 21. And one of them is Gordon Hayward, and the other is Paul George. Gordon Hayward is having a better statistical season this year than Paul George. Is it, if you asked 30,000 NBA fans, who none of them who lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, who is a better player, 30,000 NBA fans would answer Paul George. Is it possible that Gordon Hayward is a better basketball player right now than Paul George? And he's worked his way his way into that argument. He's gotten there. He's there. The separation between these two is George is a three-time All-Star. So Gordon has to prove that he is just as good or better, regardless of those numbers, and I think he's in that direction. It's an incredible. It's something that I have actually professed for quite some time, that the difference between these two is not that dramatic. 
The other one that's interesting is Gordon has scored 20 or more this year, six more times than Paul George has. It, 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 it's an art. I've made this for a while because Gordon's been carrying his team without a lot of support while Paul George actually had George Hill. Funny what happens when Gordon Hayward gets George Hill. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's obvious that George Hill has made this a better basketball team. Uh, and he's really taken a lot of pressure off Gordon to the point where Gordon is so relaxed now and he is so confident about his game right now that he's that's the reason he's in position of having an argument of who is the best and should he make the all-star team and, and so on and so forth. What's jumping out to me, Ron, is they can't put the best defender on Gordon Hayward every single time anymore. Every single play for the last three years, the best defender's been on Gordon Hayward or switched on to him or been on. Now they can't do that anymore. And the other one is he doesn't have to bring the ball up the floor every time. He's not a point guard anymore. Yeah, and, and that's the key there. I mean, he can, he's, like I said, he's playing relaxed, and he's not playing to the point where he's, he feel like he's playing out of, out of position. Uh, Gordon now, sometimes he defends the best guy on the floor. We saw that uh, uh, last night at Wesley Matthews, who was supposedly one of the better position defensive players, and he is, for the most part he is. But it was, it was not a hard task for Gordon to, uh, to have a good night against the Dallas Mavericks last night, and right, right, rightfully so here tonight. Both players, I think George and Gordon, got off to a very good start in that first quarter. Only part of the, probably what really upset um, George is that he picked up, I mean, we're talking about Paul George, he picked up two fouls and had to lead the ball game. Uh, two, uh, two Jazz players that I thought looked better than we've seen them look all year long. Uh, Derek Favors' first half was the best I've, I thought we've seen him all year. Yeah. So are we going to see Derek as a closer? Because this is two nights in a row that uh, he, he did not close the basketball game. Not he, against most lineups anymore in the NBA, I don't think. I mean, You know what? I think if you – Ron, I think if you, against most lineups in the NBA are now playing a Thaddeus Young type as the – right? I mean, tonight there was really no close. But, it, yeah, if if – Denver goes to Nurkic and Jokic, yeah, we'll see him. Right. If if L.A. goes to some lineup that's big, but most teams go small, and this team, the Jazz, have so many options going small right now. I mean, they played a new lineup tonight where they played Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward, Joe Ingles, and Joe Johnson. And and so I, the, unless the matchups, I don't think we're going to have a closing lineup. I think we can match to whatever Quinn wants on any night. And, and that's a great point. Uh, and this is something we discussed at the beginning of the year of having options and, as we call it, having a, in a position where you can play situation basketball. And whatever the situation out there on the floor, we have an answer. We have something that we can, 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 uh, can put out there on the floor to, uh, to answer you know, other teams. And some nights Derek will be the answer to that. Yes, absolutely. It just depends on who they're playing and, and who the matchups are. Let me bring up another point here tonight that I thought was very crucial, I thought, Rudy Gobert picked up his first foul in the fourth quarter. They did not put the Indiana Pacers on the free throw line, and they're 82nd in the league in, in free throw percentage at 80, about 82 percent or something like that. And I think in the fourth quarter they had eight free throws, but up until that point, uh, the Jazz had not put them on the free throw line. Interesting note. See what happens when you're not with me. I miss things like that. Alec Burks looked good tonight. Alec Burks looked real good, and and he's very, uh, he's getting there. Uh, He's going to be an asset, I think, hopefully. Well, I'll say hopefully. He's going to be an asset for, for the Jazz uh, coming off the bench. Uh, you notice he, he's a rebounding guard, and when he picks off a rebound, he's gone. 
he gets the rebound, he's gone. And and so Joe and, and Gordon, I think both of those guys ran with him. George Hill ran with him one time. So that's something where the, the change of pace of the basketball game when he comes in, it's like J.J. Barea last night when, when against the Dallas Mavericks. When he comes to the ball game, the, the pace, the tempo, everything changes because he's a he's that kind of a player. I think the Jazz are going to play more Alec Burks at point guard over the next uh, week or two than we have seen before because I think that's something they have to figure out is whether or not the four-guard rotation can be George Hill, Joe Ingles, Rodney Hood, and Alec Burks or not. That, what did you call that last year? The, the triple wing. The triple like, wing but I think it, to get Alec minutes, if he's going to be healthy and going to be helpful, that's one of the ways. to. Joe Ingles is too good. He's, and the numbers on Joe Ingles playing with our starters are through the roof. Uh, so that is an interesting note uh, to keep an eye on. But Alec was, was very good. Tonight. And to your point, Ron, the three guards of Alec Burks, Joe Ingles, and George Hill tonight combined for 14 rebounds. That's huge. Rebounding guards make all the difference in the world in this league. All right, let me uh, hit you with one final thing before we wrap this up. The Utah Jazz... In the 15, 16 games in which Gordon Hayward and George Hill have both played, now Rudy Gobert should be in that. He's played all of them also. Are 15-1, and one, outscoring opponents 104-93. to 93. How good is this team? This team is, uh, I'm just going to tap dance here a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about what, what I'm seeing, and I know you are as well. Um, and you just see that they're not quite there yet. I mean, like there's some more that we can get out of this basketball team. Uh, I don't know if it's on the defensive side of the ball because Indiana had a pretty good night tonight. I mean, they end up shooting 50, 50% there from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Oops, so I just, I just 50% the mic, from the, the three-point line. So They didn't have that good a night. Their offense, their defensive rating, their offensive rating tonight was a 102. Yeah. Well, so the Jazz, the, and I'd have to dig into why, but I just pulled it up. Oh, why? You know why? Why? We actually played a fast game for the first time all year. But We played 98 possessions tonight. But my point is this. The Jazz still didn't put them away. I mean, they were in striking distance, I think. And maybe, really? Well, I put a Jazz on us with six minutes left. Yeah, yeah you, I had that feeling there as well. But, you know, if... Yeah, I was expecting the Jazz after a while to win this by 15. I gave out Jazz 50 on Papa John's with six minutes left. <laughs> I guess I'm a little skeptical about how, how teams can turn things around. I think once I once Paul George and you could see that they were really getting to the point where they were griping at the officials and, and, uh, and, and that really just took them out of the game, that, that that's when I figured, okay, this is over with. All right, I figured out why the Jazz were good defensively. 102 is very good. Uh, league average is 104, so anything below that's good. Uh, the Jazz forced turnovers tonight, which they don't usually do. They forced 17% of Indiana's possessions into turnovers, and their defensive rebounding number tonight for the Jazz was 89%. So you start forcing a few turnovers, give up no offensive rebounds, you are going to have a pretty good night. And then to your point, Ron, they only shot 17 free throws. So you do those three things, you can actually allow a team to shoot a pretty good night, which Indiana did, and that's that's actually an interesting note. So nice job walking us into that the jazz win again uh monday night tickets are available oklahoma city's in town and i said this on the broadcast tonight and i'm going to pound this at all of you for a while 
if you're capable, okay? Some people aren't capable. But if you've ever considered buying season tickets to a team, here's my suggestion to you. I would buy season tickets for the rest of the season. Then you have first priority for playoff tickets, and you have priority for your tickets for next year when the arena arena renovation happens. And let me tell you what, the arena renovation is going to be awesome. So make sure, particularly in the upper bowl, it's really going to change everything. So you might want to consider that and tell them that postcast Ron and I sent you. A lot of love. Jazz win it. Hope you're great. Have a super weekend. Russell Westbrook's in the house Monday. Jazz are tied for fourth in the West on the Jazz. 109, 100 win over Indiana. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.